Hi, this is Deborah Ann Wool. Thank you for listening to the Children of Erte podcast, presented by Demiplane. You can join us live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv backslash RPG, or catch up with the VOD of each episode on the Demiplane YouTube channel. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Welcome back to Children of Erte uh, for another week of adventure. We're so excited to have you here with us. And as usual, we'll kick it over to Adam to start with our sponsors. I'm going to try to get through here tonight. A little tickly cough, very, very irritating. Mm. We're just going to say that um, Silas has been underwater for a very long time. (laughs) He's, He's... this place is really messing with his allergies. That's what we're going to go with. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, he was also singing at the top of his lungs a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, that, and, that was and it. And recounting the true. entire biblical recounting, uh, you know, Genesis, yeah, yeah all yeah. all of those things. So your um, voice yeah. was put to work. That was it. <laughs> First, we have Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, you can grab an Electrum chest code on the overlay or bouncing around in chat. Thank you, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. We also have Die Hard Dice, who has supplied our cast with, I think we are all the way through the list except for Deborah. So they have supplied our cast with Deborah's Diegesis Deciders. Deborah's Diegesis Deciders. I was expecting Devilish to get in there. Devilish would have been good too. Devilish Deciders. Deborah's Diegesis Destroyers? Yeah. devilish destroyers let's go all the way Um, so you can get 10 percent off an order at dieharddice.com with the code airte and we will also be giving away a 20 dollars off uh coupon discount code uh pay attention to the prompts and chat for that and good luck on that giveaway and then we also have our friends at tailspire with tailspire the beauty and physicality of tabletop gaming meet the endless possibilities of a digital world and you can win some steam keys to try that out i've tried it out it is really really epic so uh again good luck on that pay attention to the prompts in chat a little bit later for that as well and finally tonight you'll hear the dulcet tones of sirenscape because epic games need epic sound i'm adam bradford the cdo at demiplane and tonight i am playing your Dimensionally displaced magical superfan Silas Sorrell. Hey everyone, happy Tuesday, Alicia Marie. You can find me on all socials at Alicia Marie Body, and of course, I'm here with this lovely crew every Tuesdays. But now, starting on Mondays, I am over on Sandy Games Twitch channel for a familiar quest where I actually get to play the familiar that I created 
for Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's so and cute. Can, <laughs> it was Adorable. misty. I was like, how am I playing a familiar with no arms and legs, but she's <laughs> kind of like a monk. So it's like, I had a lot of fun <laughs> trying to like flavor it. Flavor it. She's cute. And tonight, as usual, I am playing my favoriteest favorist, Fruz Armstrong, attorney of all. <laughs> Hello, I am Jen Kretschmer. You can find me on socials as at DreamWisp, streaming on Twitch as DreamWisp Jen. Um, this Wednesday, I will be joining one and only the Hope Lavelle. Uh, well, here's the Valsata. Um, and I'll let Hope give all of the details about that show, but I will be going and paying them a visit. Um, but tonight, I am playing your friendly neighborhood troublemaker, Maeve Morgan Flynn. Hi, I'm Lauren Urban. I'm the content manager over at Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms, which you've heard quite a bit about today. <laughs> you can find me on the socials as Oba Lauren. And tonight I am playing Neb, who's just very confused. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Hope Lavelle. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hope Lavelle. You can watch me be a dungeon master on Misfits of Alceta every Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. And yes! Tomorrow we are being, uh, we have an amazing guest star, Miss Jen Kretschmer. So it's going to be uh, absolutely lovely. We're so excited. We had Adam Bradford last week and it was just such a joy. Um, so let it continue the adventure. Uh, but tonight I am playing your favorite granny for hire, Miss Robin Beckett, who this might not be her first run in with a, with a gnome. So <gasps> Whoa. Oh, wonderful. Oh. I, I love it when you can surprise me. I hope I forget. I used to craft garden. <laughs> back in the I, I did not the garden. No. <laughs> I <laughs> once sat in an English garden for 15 years. <laughs> And I'm Deborah Amwell. I'm your storyteller for this evening. Thank you all players, Josh behind the camera, um, behind the scenes here for being with us and all of you at home. Um, so yeah, let's settle in, grab yourself a, something cozy and uh, we'll settle into our 41st chapter of Chilling Averte. So as we remember last time, very exciting. You escaped from the depths of the ocean out of the sea lab as it was being torn from its base um, by these terrifying underwater monsters. You made your way up as Silas recited the begats to keep your minds focused and not creating any more danger. Um, as you reach the surface, it is now morning. The, you know, the sun is beginning to come out, but the storm is still going. We're not fully past. Uh, while the eye of the storm has crossed through, there is still quite a lot of um, waves, tall waves, wind, rain, um, and you have noticed, you know, within this, this, you know, getting to shore as well, the dock is floating, but is, you know, far off. The boat is gone, smashed somewhere. Um, the water level is right up. The beach is very, very narrow. And you found this friendly little seal that seemed to sort of help you find some planks of wood to float on, to be able to get back to shore somewhat more safely. And as soon as you all crawled up, shivering, literally the tips of your fingers turning blue and your lips turning blue, everything shaking with cold, uh, this little seal stood next to you and transformed into a small man who looked almost exactly like a garden gnome. He looked at you and said, rough night, huh? And that is where we'll begin our story this evening. 
<laughs> so funny. I have in my notes, garden gnome. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looks like. He's got a little, he's got a, you know, long white beard, uh, sort of, you know, um, uh, you know, pale skin, but with little, you know, apple cheeks. Um, he's got, you know, long white hair, a little blue cap that sort of falls over the side, a little green vest with a red shirt and blue pants. Are Nev's you gonna, real? <laughs> Nev's going to hold up her hands, holding the, the uh, berries that she's creating, and go, do you still want a berry? I looks and goes, pshaw, are you real? I, uh, I, I don't know, actually. That's a We've very... been through a bit. <laughs> well, come on then. And he turns, he waves to you, turns around and starts to sort of waddle down the beach, almost like a penguin. Um, and as he kind of makes his way down the side of the, the beach, again, this very narrow, like two foot of sand that's available as the waves kind of come crashing in. Um, and you can see him heading down the beach towards that sort of utility shed uh, control mm -hmm. center area. But he seems to be kind of staying closer to the cliffside. Well, do we follow? Should we follow him? Yes. This is, this is the first person yeah. that we ran into. We are following. This also, person. we got to get to that shack because there's no way we can stay out here right now. Good and idea. Maeve, right. who has right. already just flopped down on the beach because <laughs> exhaustion <laughs> yes. and and uh, one hit point um, <laughs> just goes more walking. Oh, 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 hey, 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 I can give you a little, little pick me up. And then you see Silas start doing his fingers like this and little waves <laughs> of energy start sending you some good vibrations. And, um, and I'm going to use healing light. It's kind of got a greenish, uh, look to it and it is going to heal for, um, let's see, that's going to be 2d6. So, okay. do you nice. want to roll that, Jim? Do you want to roll it since it's your magic? Okay, I can. <laughs> Let's see. Big money, big money. Um, so it's gonna be nine hit points. Ooh, nice, wow. nice. Much You, you, you know, you should think about selling that. You'd make a killing off a of Red Bull. Hey, hey, listen. We've already established bunches of money if we get back to the other thing. So I don't need to sell it. But That's honestly, right. if I come back and somebody's taking over my fortune, like the mafia finally got to me, whatever it is, then yes, I hope this stuff still works on the other side. Well, maybe for other people's benefit then. As you're talking, he stops about 20 feet away. What's the hold up? It's making a rough night. Yeah, the aforementioned yeah, rough Established. Maeve pulls out, like, unfolds her cane, mm -hmm. puts it up, and... Oh, all right. Fine. He turns, <laughs> continues to waddle. You can see he's going around the side of this this shed down kind of a narrow little space between the cliffside and the building, and he seems to sort of disappear behind the side of a rock. Uh, just a quick question before we follow you into some his little shady, head dark out the side alley. Yeah. who are you Pivam. Pivam Vandercoat. Pivam and answered so many questions right but now we just worry about taking care of ourselves you know maybe and uh Pivam Vandercoat why should we trust you he pokes out he goes 
freeze if you want to. Yeah, yeah, Ma- Maeve. I, listen, I think we need to get away from whatever is going on in that water right there. And even if this person is taking us into this dark alley to kill us, it's probably better than we Besides, we can take them. Are you recalling the, the, the creature that was making us imagine the thing we wanted to, to find near us? Is that what was going on? I was very I mean, confused by a lot of that. I could figure. Okay. But I, I mean, the know. shark I got was very, by very... a lot of jellyfish. So. Yeah. Yeah, and the shark was very, very real. At this point, Robin. Well, is... I'm not going to comment on why you would want to be stung by a lot of jellyfish. But... I didn't want that. Your, your choices are yours. I swear. Can we be arguing and walking? Miss Robin, let's go. All right, you make your yeah. way down. Uh, who goes mm-hmm. first to sort of squeeze between the shed and the Robin? Sounded like Miss Robin. Yes. Yeah. All right, Robin. Yeah. Silas will scurry out. Yeah. Robin, you know you see slide in there. Um, <laughs> making your way through uh and you can see that behind this sort of hidden behind this jut of a rock there is kind of an opening that goes into the cliffside well if this isn't magical i don't know what is so <laughs> is she can she fit in this little you can yeah you can slide through it's pretty tight but it's, it's just a little sliver and as you come through it is kind of opening up into a bit more of a bit of a cavern and you can see that he has climbed up there's been sort of you know chiseled into the stone it's little steps or a little ladder um and he is slowly kind of climbing they're very very narrow little two inch struts as he climbs up and sort of hoists himself up onto the top of this ledge uh at the back there and looks down and goes hurry up hurry up am i supposed to climb climb i mean i'm pretty good here if you you know, this way, this kind way, of, up, up, up. All right, all right. Uh, and, and she'll wait, uh, uh, Roman will wait for the others. Okay. Okay. I'm right behind you. For the Does right Silas you. fit? Silas fits. Everybody okay. fits. Yeah. It's just a space, yeah. you know, yeah. little yeah. two, three right. feet. Uh, and you make it into we, the space. How did we not know this was here? This is like, you know, you always check behind a waterfall to in movies and magic. stuff. We should, we should start checking behind everything. <laughs> You climbing up? Following yeah. up? So are there handhold footholds? I missed that part. Like, yes, it... there are. So that like okay. chiseled little little oh. handholds, little foothold, little ladder okay, kind yeah. of space. Still appropriately up. like precarious though. Yeah, you gotta climb them, but you can do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and also like, you know, it's like seven feet, which is, you know, a really oh. tall climb for him, but for you, it's not okay. so bad. Understood. Um, so as I guess Robin's still leading the way, Robin, as you sort of pull yourself up onto this ledge, you can see that it does, it again opens up into kind of a nice little seated area. He's got some like driftwood in there that's set up around a fire. And you actually see as he stands there, he snaps his fingers and a little spark flies into the air and lands on a pile of dry wood, alighting a little campfire. Uh, as he walks around the side and sort of sits down on a tiny little stick um, and sort of says, come on, get warm. Wow, well, this is quite a if I do. (laughs) Get close to the fire and start to warm up. So yeah, you you will all fit. It's it's, it's a little tight in this, you know, little cavern area, but it's cozy, very warm, very dry. You can even see as you look down past you, some of the waves that are able to kind of crash up and make their way in around the shed. They can't get in high enough to sort of get past this ledge. So it it's really a, a really nice sort of dry, safe space that he's found up here. You know, 
Ah, <laughs> I don't mean to be an expert or anything, but I was once a journalist for a local newspaper in my town, and I solved the mystery of the missing garden gnomes. And the one thing I learned is that garden gnomes, well, they're never really ever found just one. They kind of usually, uh, you know, in a colony, or you never have just one. I, where are the others? Because all of them are back home, of course. Home? Where's home? Home, Lorelia. Haven't been there in years. What? I'm a bit of an oddball, a bit of a wanderer myself. You're out here all by yourself? Why? I'm looking for air tail. What's that? You must have. Why does that sound so familiar? <laughs> that's that's the the place that Ivy said we're children of. Yes, yes, that's yes. right. Yes, I thought you must be. You must be children of Arte. Yes, yes. yes. Curiosity. We've why do you told. think that? Yeah. What? Like, is there a? Do we smell or something? Oh, you're soft. <laughs> you're brittle. I mean, but that's. Yet, you're soft and brittle, but yet smart, compassionate. Yes, yes. I like to think so. Is that the I mean, criteria for being a child of Arte? I mean, I'm pretty brittle. Defining aspects, yes. I don't know. Feroza's pretty strong. I wouldn't call her brittle at all. <laughs> I'm trying not she to. She has do. no shell. Shell? She has no scales. No. no. So Am I supposed to have scales? Soft, brittle, yes. Oh, tell us about Arte. Arte? Oh, mystical, magical land. Are you we a child of Arte? No, no, I'm a child of Lorelia. Oh, the Lorelia. that was home. Could you okay. kindly spell that? <laughs> <laughs> Just never bothered to never bothered to spell, never bothered to read. Could What's you could point? you say it a little slower then? La ri li ah. Fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> so it Why it are you looking for airtime? Well, many believe it doesn't exist, but I know that it does, and I know that it is the crux. The crux, yes, the crux. The crux? Of what? The crux of the future. Really? Either either it's progress or it's destruction. Oh. Could be a so, bit of both. That sounds dire. From. Very so dramatic. if this isn't Lorelia, you said you're from there, mm. but you're looking for Erte, so this isn't Erte. Where are we now? Oh, you're in the Vale. West. The Vale? This is the Vale. The Vale? Is that like a Vale with an A? I know you don't read or spell, but is that like... Or is it a veil? This place is known as the veil. It's a waypoint, the space between and connection to all of the livable worlds. <gasps> this is the place where souls of unsettled spirits reside. It's purgatory. I told, you. I told you all it was purgatory. Oh, oh wait. no. Wait, How did we get wait. here? We just took a trip. There are many ways to get to the veil. Well, no, I shouldn't say there are a few ways to get to the veil. Uh, we went through a, a door that we weren't supposed to. <laughs> that sounds. So no. <laughs> that sounds like a possible way. Mm -hmm. We were on a train. Have you ever heard of that? Sure, I've seen the train. Yes, 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 yes. The the train. There's only the one. <laughs> as far as I know, yes. Oh. Yes, yes. What are the other ways to get here? Uh, well, powerful magic can tear a temporary rift, um, and then oh, there are the scribes. The scribes. Only one per generation that are gifted with the ability to cut through reality at will. 
but sometimes they forget to close these passages, and lucky wanderers like myself find them and travel through. Okay, I, I have a Here's an important question. Why would a child of Erte be pulled into a, the veil? For what reason? Mm-hmm. If you are who I believe you to be, you shall defeat the rulers. Why do the rulers need to be defeated? Oh, they've run amok, of course. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know about just storming into somebody else's home and destroying rulers. I mean, who, yeah, who, who are the rulers, the and like, why do we not like them? No, I, I think as you can probably tell by all the questions, we've had a, a lot of these questions, but no answers. And the only person we've been able to talk to since we ended up in the veil has has been a, a a ghost lady that we can only talk to at one specific time of night. Well, and there sometimes you talk to here. rats and wolves. Well, yeah, but they don't know anything about where we are. Yeah. Do you know of a woman named Ivy? Or a man named Julian. Does that ring a bell? No bells rung, no. Okay. Can't say as I do. Okay. Who is the current scribe? Do you know? I don't know, no. They are very mysterious. Because they are much sought after, they are often in disguise, hidden away from this world. So you were like a seal. So does, oh, yeah. th- that means you know how to do magic? Like it oh, yes, has been turning into things? Oh, yes, I, 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 I always knew I had these little gifts, little things I could do. And once I tumbled through into the veil, all of a sudden, my magics grew. I've been here nearly three years. But by only yourself? while you're in the veil. I have not been back since. Okay, okay, so uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited about the fact that I found someone else who knows how to do the turning into animals thing. So when you figured that out, like... How do you do that? I think of what I would like to be, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But do, do, you, do you know can why you it doesn't work? you turn into a dinosaur? Oh, the dragons. You mean the dragons. Oh! Dragons. Oh, dragons of old. Well, wait, do you really? Okay, so it's possible that they still mean dinosaur, because remember, people thought that the bones of, like, the... Tyrannosaurus Rex were dragons at first. So it could, I mean, either is cool. I'm not going to lie. Turning into a dinosaur or a dragon would be really, really cool. They did just say of old Erte. Okay, but how do you turn into a dragon? <laughs> this is not one that I have, I, have, I have taken on myself before. No, no, no. A dragon is not possible for me. Oh. Uh, perhaps we should ask a bit about this place and the peoples of it, since it's this is uh, the first person we've been able to talk to who's a native, who can actually oh. talk back to us about it. Yes, yes, lore drop, lore drop, let's go. I mean, besides the rats, but I see what you mean. <laughs> I mean, before the exposition, uh, I said person. Uh, um, I'm, I don't know about the rest of you, but I would love to know a lot. I don't know yeah, if I can go to sleep. Can, if you would like to short rest or or a long rest, we can do. We he can tell yeah. you stories while that happens. Yes, short Please. rest yes. and a story would yes. be the best thing ever. Uh, in fact, a long rest and a story, a bedtime <laughs> story, several stories, and and let's, some. Sleep. Let's do this. Let's um. Let's short rest and story, and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll do our your watches and things like that, and let you all long rest back your 
your stuff here. Um, so that I can protect my voice, we will do this in somewhat third person. <laughs> um, so yes, so his name is Piven Bandicoot. Um, he comes from another world, he explains to you. This world is called Lorelia. It is a lush, natural world where wildlife reigns. Um, they have grown large and powerful in this place. Um, his kind are very adept at hiding amongst the greenery. Uh, and he discovered, yes, that he had a special gift. He could talk to animals, he could imitate them. And one day he stumbled upon a hole in the forest where the trees didn't quite line up. He passed through and he discovered this place uh, and that there was more to his gift than he realized. He spent nearly three years here. His magics have only grown in that time, but he is lucky. There are many times he's almost lost his life or worse, his mind. So he explains to you that this place is known as the veil. Uh, it is a waypoint, a space between and connection to all the livable worlds. This is uh, where the souls of unsettled spirits reside, haunting beyond the veil and infecting whatever physical form they can latch onto. Uh, he says, this is a lonely and dangerous place for the living. Too much time here can corrupt one's mind and sap one's vitality. Only living creatures with a strong tie to the natural world are able to cross both sides of the veil. He says, whenever a wolf growls at a shadow, a flock of birds suddenly changes course or a cat jumps at nothing. You can be sure there is a disturbance beyond the veil. Cool. That's why everything's been trying to kill us here. Explains well, everything. <laughs> most things, not everything. So yes, he says very few ways to get to the veil. Um, powerful magic can tear a temp or between any worlds really. Powerful magic can tear a temporary rift that closes soon after. Then there are the scribes only one per generation that are gifted with the ability to cut through reality at will. Sometimes they forget to close and people like himself can travel. Um, and then an unsettled death, of course, would be the only other way. Uh, the I veil think. follows the contours of a mystical land only heard of in stories. Most think this place is a myth, but few like himself believe differently. They feel it in their bones and have spent their whole lives searching for it. It is known as Erte. Erte is filled with fantastical creatures that grew from the primordial muck, ever adapting. Dragons wiped out by boulders that fell from the sky. Behemoths of the deep sea existing without light under enormous pressure. And brittle, soft-skinned folk that against all odds prosper on their intelligence and natural instinct toward compassion. However, recently he has felt a change. The animals are restless and afraid. More spirits inhabit this place than ever before, and they are angrier and hungrier. He has been hiding, doing his best to stay out of trouble. But then he saw you. Looks at you all. He goes, I knew. I knew what you were. You are children of Erte. And your being here can mean only one thing. You are here to set things right. And he settles in to tell you the story that he has heard ever since he was a little child. Once upon a time in a faraway land, there were four rulers called upon to uphold the balance of nature. Each was granted immortality as long as they never strayed from their home world. They were not to interfere with the others and rule in peace, but this is so often not the way of life. Centuries passed and they began to covet each other's gifts, desiring to rule as one leader over all. They left their home realms to spur rebellions across the world and build their armies. 
This led only to ruin and unhappiness for all the inhabitants. Only one world remained untouched, a mystical land known as Erte, hidden beyond the veil and nearly impossible to reach. This became the final goal for the insatiable rulers. Whoever could find and control Erte would wrest ultimate power over the others. We are now worlds abandoned, and it is prophesied that balance will only return when each ruler is defeated, and that this may be done only by true children of Erte. As the firelight flickers on his face, and you all begin to feel warmer, begin to feel a sense of ease and rest come over you. You are welcome to set your long rests. He will remain awake. You can speak with him if you would like, um, or you can take your time. You can now hear, now that a few hours have passed, that the storm is beginning to subside outside. It is still raining, but it is gentle. Um, so you are able to leave if you would like to. Okay, I've got like seven questions. Okay? <laughs> but, 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 I'm, but I'm gonna start with two, okay? So first, if I heard you right, mm -hmm. you had um, you had abilities and pow magical powers before you got to the veil. Did I hear that right? Yes, little sparks. But okay. It wasn't until I came here that I fully felt them awaken. Got it. Okay, so there is the possibility that because I'm terrified of losing all of the new toys that I've found in the in the last week here. And, but there is the possibility if we ever make it back that we might be able to still do it. You're uh, saying there's a chance. He looks at you, his, his you know, eyes sort of wide. He says, I, I have never found my way back to Lorelia. I, I only know who I was then and who I am now. I think there's a chance. Excellent. Next question. And then I'll let Neb jump in. And then I'll continue with my other two dozen. Um, <laughs> So next question, the rulers, ah. when you talk about the rulers, is there anything in that legend that talks about how they are defeated? Like is defeating the same thing as in a lot of those fairy tale stories, which is just like killing them dead or is like defeating just, you know, getting them to say they're sorry or, or, or <laughs> there any details like that. I says, he, 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 he says, this is only a child of Erte will know. Uh, we believe as long as they, as long as things are set back in balance. Balance. So nebulous, quite, yeah, understood. Okay. Um, all right, speaking of nebulous, Neb, you, what, what do you got? What kind of Hi. questions you got? I mean, I've got two sets of questions, one that is incredibly selfish, and I just want to know more about your powers, because it seems like I have kind of the same thing, and I want to know more about everything that you can do and try to learn. But I, I feel like maybe it makes more sense to ask. You said you know about the train. Yeah. Yes, you, yes, yes. What, what, what do you know about the train? Because the train is how we got to the veil. Um, the train has always been here. Sometimes it comes through, sometimes it stops. Um, uh, it, the train is nothing special. Has it ever dropped anybody else that you think's from Erte? No, I've, I've, I've never seen another, another like you. So the train was just our specific way here, specifically, specially. I, I do not know how you got here. 
uh, I have been looking for a way to travel to Erte almost every day of my life. Uh, you are the first that I have ever met that is from there. Um, uh, if I knew how to get there, uh, mm. I would ask if I, I, I don't know, and I would ask you how to return. When you saw the train before, did you see any anyone on it, the Erte or otherwise? <laughs> no, no, the train just runs. So given that this is the veil, we're supposed to get out of here as soon as possible. Is there like a time limit or he, before he, we start turning into? He sort of shrugs. He says, this is a dangerous place. Uh, I have only survived so long because I am lucky. Um, if I could find my way back to Lorelia, I, I, I would go home, see my family. Um, but mostly I have been concerned with trying to find a way, a portal, playing with my magics, trying to develop something that will allow me to pass into Erte. But perhaps I need not if I have found you, if you have come on your own. My have dad. you ever heard of a mirror? Oh, a mirror, sure. Yes, mirrors exist, yes. <laughs> have you ever heard of a very special magical one that has trapped the soul of someone who burned to death in a horrible fire that will get us back to Erte. Hmm. Sounds like a great story. No, no. Oh, wait. You should write that one Sil down. Wait until Silas starts Lord. telling you our story. It's unbelievable at best. So may I ask, uh, you know, Piven, uh, you were mentioning these other worlds. Mm. Are they all connected only through the veil? How do you yes. get to each? You have to, okay. Yes, each, this, this is the waypoint between all of them. Right. Um, there are passages into the four other worlds. Only Erte remains hidden. Um, mm. I, I believe the scribes may have the ability to create an opening to Erte, but as I said, they are very mysterious, um, hidden folk. I really want you to meet Ivy. I have no idea what's going to happen when that happens, but I really, I, will you come with us? Because we're on a mission to try to collect a whole bunch of shards for a mirror for a friend of ours who is trapped in there. And we have no idea what's going to happen once we're done putting it all together, but we've kind of thought that that might be a way to either go home or go somewhere else. Yeah. And it sounds like that assumption is kind of lining up with what you might oh, yes. know. I, I, anything I can do to help the children of Erte. Oh, uh, the the fate of our worlds rests upon upon your uh, your actions. If we go home, we can take Pivot with us. I mean, he'll fit right in with us. We cannot. We cannot Amelie him. Uh, <laughs> right. You don't write know what that means. Yet. I don't know what that <laughs> means. But you will. It's delightful. You're gonna love it. Uh, a few things. Ah, yes. So, the first. Uh, what are the rules here? Manners. Uh, for example, we have stories in our world about other worlds. Uh, some of them are, say, if you eat the food, you're in trouble. Uh, if, you, if you sit the wrong way or you talk the wrong way or you cross the wrong people in certain, by doing certain things that to us would not be particularly wrong. It's a cultural relativism situation. What are the rules here? The I'm sure they change from place to place, but overall. The veil has 
no rules as far as I know. There is no civilization in the Vale. There is only me and you and any other lucky or unlucky folks who happen to find their way here. Do, do, do you know someone named Steve? Steve? <laughs> this is a story. <laughs> No, perhaps their name was not Steve. They were Have you ever been to the mine? Excuse me, I was talking here. Aha. Sorry, Adam. That was not at you, I promise. No, go ahead. I I had some lag anyway. All good. Go ahead. Okay. that came off really rude. I apologize. just that that is a gen two TV TV RPG. We're at Check in with your fellow players, friends. Very um, cool. Table safety is important. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's a tall person or a tall being with a lot of carvings made of stone, light pocket washes. Oh, do you speak of the servant? The servant? Oh, whoa, whoa. What? Do you speak of the servant? Whose servant, though? I mean, oh. he was servant to the train, if I remember. Let, let, let our friend speak, please. Created to serve keep interrupting. And please let our friend speak. Created to serve and protect each ruler when called upon. <gasps> Ooh. We have not we have not heard of him from of, from them for for decades, centuries, many much time. Uh, they have been lost to the stories, to the lore, and so, now they are lost to real life. You said you 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 have seen this this servant. Mm. Yes, we actually found him in the in the bottom of a three tiered cave. I, I think there were four tiers. <laughs> four tiers, five tiers, but yeah, the rat mm. party was two, right? Something like that. Yeah. I thought it was three, but I don't know. It it was several days ago. <laughs> Are there? You said there's one for each ruler, so there's no, four servants. No, one. One servant created to serve and protect all. Oh. So cool. each pocket watch represents one of the rulers. <gasps> oh. But each why would the servant of the world. ruler? Each world? Each world, one ruler. Well. In my world, in my world, in Lorelia, uh, we have Queen Zola. Queen Zola. Fearsome Queen Zola. Queen Zola. What is special about Queen Zola? Oh, she seemed to be one with the mountains and mud disappearing effortlessly within the contours of the land. Mm. Cool. Are, are all four rulers still around or is one missing? I, I know nothing of the other rulers. I know only of my land. So to find a way to get to these lands, I mean, you said you haven't been able to find your way back. How would we find our way to these worlds? Uh, you would need to find a scribe to cut you cut you away through. Uh, as I said, powerful magic sometimes can 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 rip open a temporary rift, um, or you have to stumble upon a passage that is already open. I have spent some time searching for the passage that brought me here, but it is well disguised uh, and I have not yet been able. You guys, you guys, what if Ivy is a scribe and once we release her, she can open a portal to send us home or, or somewhere? It's possible. Um, also, 
I would love to know a bit more about the myths about the other rulers and lands. I'd love to know the stories that your people tell about these other worlds, because I don't know about you, but where I come from, they talk about people like you. We call them Selkies or gnomes. There's there's multiple different stories. You seem to fit a few different different categories, but oh, you're part of the stories. And I think there's something to learn from those. So I'd be curious about what you know about these other situations. Uh, I know that when the rulers stay within their within their realms, within their worlds, and care for the the peoples and the the creatures of those lands, that things are in balance. Um, that each one was, uh, uh, you know, granted uh, based on their particular traits and their strengths. Um, we have, uh, uh, you know, in, in my world, which is a, a lush green place, uh, our queen is of the land. Uh, we hear that the other lands may focus on the other elements of nature, water, fire, air. And when those aren't in balance, what happens? Mm. They all begin to mix um, places that were once, um, you know, um, vast oceans uh, filled with life begin to dry up and desert. Um, others that were, were uh, green set fire. Those that were, were molten rock begin to harden and die. Um, these is, this is what is happening within our four worlds. Um, I don't know what uh, um, changes have happened within Erte because of Hey, hey listen, listen buddy. Yeah, yeah. If, if this is all up to Erte, then we haven't figured any of that stuff out yet. <laughs> no. We have all of that happening now. The oceans dry up. The the fire. People aren't even concerned about it. So, so tell us, the, do you know the names of the other lands? I do not know. I've, I've not been. Are there heroes of your stories? Uh, there are heroes from, from uh, I know the stories from Lorelia. Um, there are heroes, uh, many of them animal folk, as I said, they are, they are mm. the rulers of our, our realm, of our land. Um, as you know, my name, Piven Bandicoot, the Bandicoots. Uh, I come from a, a, a wondrous grassland filled with large marsupials. Um, they, they uh, uh, really um, create huge, in incredible, vast complexes beneath the ground. Uh, they, are, they are wise and intelligent rulers. Um, uh, we love them dearly, and they take very good care of us. Um, we, they have had numbers of stories of, of bandicoot heroes uh, who, who have uh, found their way to, to saving other uh, small communities of, of folks like myself. So I have this gut feeling that maybe Ivy is one of these rulers because didn't she talk about how saving her was going to help save multiple worlds? And if these worlds aren't in balance and, anymore. And beyond that, mm -hmm. if Steve was the servant mm. and the servant's role sense. was to protect. I'm going to go with a seedier side of that oh. because I think that Ivy could be a scribe and maybe Steve was in some kind of rebellion. 
because <laughs> when I talked to Steve about Ivy, like there seemed to be a little something more than just your typical like duty going on here. Wait a second. And that makes sense to me because uh, Piven here says that the rulers are not good creatures, that they've been bad and corrupted. So what if it was that bull creature that's the ruler? I don't know. Well, if that's the case, we're, we're helping Ivy, though. Yes. Yeah, but if Ivy's a scribe, then that would be a good thing. I think if she's a ruler, then maybe not. I think either in this case, because if she's a scribe, she can help us get to the other places. And if she's a ruler, then we need to get her back to her place so that everything's well, back in balance, right? Well, I don't know, because it said that's why I was asking the question well, about defeated. Well, what is I, defeated? I think, remember that an, an unjust, an unsettled death can rip a hole in the fabric of reality and create a, a passageway. And Ivy seems to be an unsettled death because we happen to be reliving it every single night. Hmm. Well, I mean, either way, we have to take that risk to talk to her now that we have more yeah. information. Like we need. Well, we, now we just... tonight, can we please ask some questions and prepare them in advance and ask them when we're ready? Well, I mean, we tried to of... last time, but then <laughs> some, somehow that didn't happen. <laughs> so we, we we didn't get quite far enough into everything. We were we'll be more excited. prepared this time. <laughs> I mean, we can't be less prepared, right? Um, are there any things, Pivim, remembering that we are new here, we don't have experience here, we don't have objects or materials from here, we don't have uh, experience with anything like food or tra tra transit or uh, living quarters or things to wear or the books or, or stories you tell. Is there anything you can give us or inform us of that you think might be essential to our uh, passage through this world or might help us in our journey? Because even if you come with us, uh, your magics, your knowledge, your experience, that's going to be essential for us because it's like showing up in New York without a subway map. Mm -hmm. um, You're pretty much going to get stuck somewhere. He thinks and about it. good luck. He thinks about it for a long while. He says, turns to you, Maeve, and says, you say that there are stories of me in your world. Not necessarily you specifically, but creatures like you. Well, there are stories of creatures like you in my world. I would say Trust the stories. Trust what the scribes have told you throughout time. Yes, but they haven't told us anything. Uh, through our we don't know the stories. Know We've been guessing. We don't know the stories of your world. That's what I'm saying. If you this have is, a children's saying, book, that would trust, be lovely. Trust the stories of your world. Oh, yeah. of our world. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. Well, then, so then no gingerbread houses or wolves with granny's hats. No, no, Maeve, Maeve, don't you have that book? The oh, the, the Snow Queen one. Uh, we've already seen stuff from that. That's a that's a children's story, and we've already seen stuff from that here in the Vale. So there might be others. Oh, 
Like maybe one with talking lions or something. <laughs> I mean, I can talk to a lion. But we did have a, a wee bit as well. a little mermaid. <laughs> Silas, maybe, maybe that's why your fox is here. Perhaps. Have you ever seen a fox that looks way too suspicious, Big P? <laughs> suspicious fox. Uh, I mean, you can like talk to gift. animals, right? Yes, I can sometimes. Have you ever spoken to a fox? Have I spoken to a fox? Not and a Was it really snarky? A snarky fox. This is not a word I'm familiar with. Um, this must be an Kind of like I talk to you. Hello, I'm Maeve. <laughs> yeah. Very exhibit A. Exhibit A in the dictionary next to snarky. Um, he sort of looks, looks at you strangely. He says, you know, fo foxes would be some of the few of the creatures that have access to both Erte and the Vale simultaneously. Hmm. Um, what about moose? Absolutely. Or meese? Or meese. Mooses. Piven, do they have basketball in Lorelia? Mm. We have baskets, we have balls. Okay. It could still happen. You know what I have to say? I have to say I'm really impressed that you've managed to survive here alone for this long. It was not That's easy. If I, if I were not so good at hiding, things would have been much worse for me. And I'm lucky. We've been very bad at hiding, but there's been a bunch of us and and uh, <laughs> a couple of them are pretty powerful and, and it's been very helpful. I think what we should do is rest our minds and our bodies and wake up, take time to digest all of this information, come up with questions, and then put the shard in. I'm going to read off the titles of a bunch of stories. Vivian, why don't you pick one? We'll read it before bed. I'll read it before bed. Um, sure. And so I'll read off the titles of the the. It's because it's the Snow Queen and other stories, yes, right? Yes, and other stories, yes. And I'll just go through. I, I have. I happen to have my Hans Christian Andersen. Amazing. Complete fairy tales. Um, <laughs> for the moment, this is going to be my headcanon for the, the edition we have, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. And I'll start reading through The Tallow Candle, The Tinderbox, Little Claws and Big Claws, The Princess and the Pea, Little Ida's Flowers, Tumbelina, The Naughty Boy. The traveling he companion. stops at Thumbelina and he Thumbelina. says, oh, Thumbelina. oh, this is an old family name. Oh, family name. This is an old There once was a woman who wanted so very much to have a tiny little child. And I start reading. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And we read the story of Thumbelina, uh, which you all may be <laughs> fairly familiar with. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he, he sort of glasses, if you can see, he starts to get very sleepy as you're reading this and a, a lovely little smile crosses his face as he goes, wow. He's just absolutely astonished and comforted. And he says, wow, there really are stories of me and my kind in Erte. I could not be more honored as his no. head sort of nods and he begins <laughs> to fall asleep. We'll do We're same. definitely going to bring him with us. I mean, with his consent, right? <laughs> it sounded like he wanted to come. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm just saying, we you know, Faruza, that was like a little. It's not like we're going to pick him intense. up and put him in our pocket and take him. <laughs> I mean, unless he wants us to. Unless he wants us to, but. Um, um, so, not that I don't trust Big P snoring over there, <laughs> but uh, but we might still want to set up some watches just Agreed. to make sure. Okay. All right. I'll go first. I can't sleep right now. All right. We've got uh, Silas up first. I'll take the final watch because I like getting up early. That's right. Robin's last. I'll go next. Uh, are we doing one by one? Or are we doing duos? Well, or... you can do, you need three watches to cover the night. Um, so you can do duos. I'm Faruza, you can tired, go. So yeah, I Maeve. prefer to go later. So All right. Maybe. So Maeve and Robin in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Faruza and Nev, you can either be alone yeah, let's do it. or together let's do it. in the middle or join Silas. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's join Silas. I can't really sleep either. I'm going to stay All right. awake. Faruza will stay up with Silas. Yeah. And Neb, you want to take the middle one alone? Yeah, she's kind of looking over at, uh, uh, at our friend. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take the middle one. Yeah. I'm kind of tired. Okay, uh, maybe he'll be awake by then. <laughs> He's adorable with that snoring. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad for such a tiny little, <laughs> tiny little yeah. set, of, set of lungs and nasal passages. Put on the headphones. Turn Robin on the, actually, the audio filtering. Robin, actually, you can see her settle in just a little extra comfy to that sound because yes. it reminds her of someone. Oh, Harold was a snore. <laughs> yeah. Of course he was. <laughs> All right. Um, so yes, Neb, Robin, and Maeve, you find places. It's quite warm here. There's a little bit of, you know, maybe grass, dried grass strewn on the ground. So it can be a little bit more comfortable. He's definitely made himself a cozy space here um, as you put on your headphones, your hoods, wrap yourselves up. Your clothes are beginning to dry a little bit in the heat from the fire. Um, before we sleep, I want to yeah. make sure that the shard is well well protected and secured. Who has Who's, it right who's now? has it at the moment? Oh my God, can you imagine? Uh, uh, Lauren, you're <laughs> muted. <laughs> you do, Maeve. You pickpocketed oh, okay. it. And yes, yeah. I will go ahead and secure that in one of my sort of secret pockets so okay, that it, it's not something that someone could easily, one, know about, or two, find. <laughs> Gotcha. Sounds good. Um, and right. keep it wrapped in cloth, you know, the, the yes. don't want to touch it thing from gotcha. before. <laughs> gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Silas and Faruza, you watch the other mm-hmm. four fall asleep, cozy up. Um, yeah. And it's not used. Now it is, you know, it's the middle of the day, but in here it's quite dark, so it would be easy to forget that. Um, mm-hmm. What would you like to do? Um... Well, I guess, I mean, it, first of all, it's surpri- well, I guess this little cave is big enough to house all of them, but it's like hard to imagine it is, but it is. So they're just sort of sitting by the fire, watching everybody rest and stuff. And, uh, you can hear the, the it, you know, the, the storm has turned to a pretty gentle rain outside. It's very, you know, very uh, meditation app, crackle mm-hmm. of fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, one other question. Yes. I had picked up when we shattered the tea set back underwater. Mm-hmm. I picked up a shard of that and the butter knives. You Do I still have those or did those disappear? <laughs> They're gone. Thank you. Oh, okay. Good to know. 
<laughs> so anything we picked up after we returned to the hub is gone. Yeah. Well, and any anything, most of yes, anything okay. that wasn't there before. There wasn't there before is what I mean. Yeah, has <laughs> now has now gone. It's good to know. Oh boy. Well, uh, you know, Silas uh, Robin was talking about that uh, article she wrote called "The Mystery of the Missing Gnome Garden Gnome." Something like that, she said. Yeah, you know, it's like. It's super easy to believe her, but does it start to strain the credibility <laughs> a, 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 a little bit? Like, I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's it's been like 80-something years, I get it, but so many different things. I mean, she she's lived a life is, is all I'm saying. She has. Robin is like kind of an anomaly. I'm saying that I feel like she was some kind of government recruit that like, you know, got plunged into a lot of these different things. Like, because, you know, normal people normally don't have that much like, uh, you know, chutzpah or whatever. Like, you know, that yeah. th that much like drive, yeah, I think is but what I'm saying. Yeah, almost like she's lived like a hundred something years. Yeah, it's like she's lived 150 years and 80 something. Yeah, is she really 80 something though? I think, I, I think so, didn't she say that? Am I just making, is that just my head cannon? No, she said it. Oh, she said 80 something. Yeah, she's 80. She's definitely spry for 80. Yeah. I mean, I think this place is doing a lot of things to uh, to all of us. And, and speaking of that. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I've been uh, just kind of, you know, drifting along a little bit because, you know, honestly, I thought this was like a joke for the first couple of days. Then I thought mm. it was just, you know, like uh, kind of a hopeless situation for like a few days after that. And then I kind of thought that like, you know, well, I'm just kind of curious to see what's going to happen next after that. But like, this is the first time I feel like we have some kind of, you know, and it could be all false or something. I mean, this, you know, gnome might just like rise up in the middle of the night and try to kill us all. Like, I, I don't That's know. We're doing watches. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But... I feel like this is the first time that I've had like, I don't know, a purpose or something. And it just makes me feel differently about things. And yeah, doesn't it? And I, I agree with you because the first day or so I thought like, you know, maybe this was part of the dinner theater sort of thing. And I was like, I, until we got attacked. And then I was like, hold up. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like something. And then I was like, are we theater. stuck in this random place, but running into this, this, and she gestures toward the gnome has changed things. There's yeah. something we're supposed to do, but then we're supposed to get out of here before we turn into an undead. And see, yeah, and see, the only thing that like keeps running through my mind right now, like like seriously, but, and, and, and this is why, you know, I think I'm going to have to do something about it. But it's like I keep hearing the dun 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 Dun, 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 you know, and like, I, I don't know. I feel like I need to get myself in some kind of shape or something. Like we've got to save like the entire cosmos. It's not even like a world or something. So like, Should I'm going to do some push-ups. Yeah, I'm going to do some push-ups and some stuff over here. And I don't want you looking at me because right. it's going to be, it's going to look like a walrus or something. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm going to get started is what I'm saying. Because we've we got, we've got like. We should get started now a, since we can't sleep. 
Exactly. We've got a cause to, to save. Let's do it. Push ups. <laughs> now, Silas and Bruce get up and they start doing like military push ups. Start working out. Um, Burpees. Yep. And that's how I spend I most of the rest of the walk. The rest of the rest. And that's why tomorrow Silas. And Feruza can't lift their arms. Feruza's yeah. <laughs> uh, probably fine. That's true. <laughs> right. so actually, I'll, I'll, we'll say Feruza, you you take to it quite easily. You know, I don't. You know, you were maybe not someone who did a ton of working out. You know, in your uh, yeah, never. your normal life, but you. This is really. You know, you're finding really easy. You do the one hand behind the back and the other one. What? And, and, yeah. and you can tell Silas knows Silas what he's doing. Yeah. Like he has done it at some point in his past, but it's been way too long. <laughs> and um, but then Silas is like mixing it in. Right. So you see that he's doing like he's also like trying to train the mind, like, you know, the the meditation wow. that he's been doing to like get this wind force around him and, and the telekinesis and everything. So he's, you know, when he's doing push-ups, he's, he's yeah. trying to figure out how to do push-up, but then also like go up yeah. higher with his hand off the ground a little bit, you know? And, yeah. And a little, assi a little assist. Uh, the body is failing a lot more assist. than the mind though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You look very, very focused. Um, and I'll say mm -hmm. as you are watching Feruza, um, you know, do these exercises, you know, these, these things that Perusa describes when, you know, her, her emotions get heightened, you even begin to see. And, and as Perusa, you're really getting into it, you know, and, and, and this sort of stormy, cloudy look comes across your eyes and, and little bursts of, of sparks of light seem to, you know, radiate off the tips yes. of your hair. You can also, outside, you begin to hear a little bit of a howl of wind, the rain changing its cadence a little bit, almost mimicking the, the energy you can feel coming off of Feruza in those moments. I'm gonna run outside and do some wind sprints. I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, don't go too far, Feruza, like seriously, because you know we don't want our next adventure to be like finding you again. Oh, that's true. I've never been able to do a push-up, Silas. Uh, yeah, I think you've got that down quite a bit. This is all part of it. I think you're exactly right. I think we have a purpose. We absolutely do. And, and you know, one thing, like, I'm not great at a lot of things. I'm really yeah. good at, like, collecting things. I'm good at, like, remembering, you know, somewhat useless to many people out there facts. I would argue with that. I think they're very useful. But um, but one thing that I can do is like when I have something to focus on, I can really focus on things. And and like I said, I've been floating and and it's really refreshing to have something to, to sink my teeth into. This is going to be fun. I have a question for you that something has never been answered. I mean, although they it did come in quite handy, I have to say, what was with the towels? I, I mean, it's like so. Oh. Or is it just you? Just like you just had to get the the taking things sort of out of your system. <laughs> no, I, my mother and I. Um, I, she wasn't around for, for much of my life, but um, the first gift I ever remember 
getting from someone anyway. Uh, she actually got me this set of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle towels. And um, so I, uh, I still have like the shreds of one of them. Um, sorry, Raph and, and Don and Mikey, like I don't have you anymore, but, but I still got Leo um, kind of like a, a really ratty towel, um, you know, back in my collection, but that's really all I had of my mother. And so then it became just like a thing where like, I always like took towels from every hotel I ever stayed in. And it was many over the years. Um, and so then I just had the towels and then I would sometimes make things with them. And, um, and so, yeah, like, I, I think that that's the original reason that I cared about towels but then like so many things, I, you know, it's not even really about that anymore. It's almost like a routine now that I instinctively just grab towels wherever they are. That answers that question. And it was, I feel like all of us have like something from home with us. Like for me, it's, you know, it's, you know, this. The, the ass. Yeah. And it's, that she just brought on a train and if this had been like a real (laughs) you know transportation authority thing it never would have happened yeah exactly it's always in my backpack it's always somewhere with me so Carissa as you are asking Silas about his collecting into sort of these things that he does as you look into his eyes there is also sort of a, a cloudy misty floaty almost as if you're looking into the galaxy sort of within his irises, within, you know, that space. Um, uh, something, something other, something um, stronger. stronger, staggering about him. Silas, you can, you can add on to that if you wish. But. Yeah. And, and ju- just occasionally, um, especially around, um, especially around the moments where he's not deflecting and saying something true or real um, that, that actually ties into a real emotion. Uh, so, you know, um, the recovering sociopath part of it, um, like when, when those parts, uh, you know, kind of uh, emerge, uh, you see uh, just a little, uh, almost like, you know, beam of uh, kind of bluish white light, like kind of flicker across the eyes. Um, but but then it's, it's shooting pretty star. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty instantly going after that. Okay, I'm gonna I'll add to that with um with Verza, what you see, what you can perceive, Silas, is that along with the static electricity that you mean you're you're used to it for when she sort of gets, you know, ragey, but now it seems to stay more, but a subtle version. It doesn't completely, completely go away. Also, it looks like she has a little bit more hair, almost like her hair is growing longer, mm-hmm. too fast. It's growing too long, too fast. Um, yeah. I'll also it, offer yeah. Uh, Silas. Uh, you feel like you're having to raise your head even. Yeah. For Ruza, like we're gonna have to, neck. we're gonna have to return to the cave at some point. Like, did we yeah. ever put one of those on the train? Because I think we that didn't. you're getting taller. I'm getting taller? How is it possible? I, 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 I there are, think, there are rips in your clothing, Faruza, at the seam. Now, you know, you've been through the ringer, but, you know, you even your you, the muscles feel a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is just like one workout. And like this is, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, the thing is, like, I, I got to be honest, too, because Big P said that we were brittle. And I was like, <laughs> if we're about to have to face everything that we're about to have to face, I don't want to be so brittle, maybe. Um, so... <laughs> 
as long as you can be like my workout buddy. I'll definitely be your workout buddy. Maybe not make I have fun a of me for being a walrus. Maybe I have a career as like a, you know, like a personal trainer or something back <laughs> in New York City. Or do, you think, do you think people would hire me to like teach them how to, how to? Absolutely. Of course they would. I mean, like you've got built in, like if you continue to like spark and things like when we get on the other side, like when we get out of this veil, then, uh, then yeah, like you've got quite a business. You I mean, think I'll that we're gonna get it. You yeah. think we're gonna get through the veil and then still be able to use our powers back home and not end up in like a zoo somewhere, the five of us together. Hey, hey, listen, like yeah. this sounds incredibly like I, I I don't know, self-serving maybe. And and I genuinely don't mean it like this. Uh -oh. But the other part of me trying to like, you know, make sure that we're not as or I'll, I'll, I'll do uh, my language, make sure that I'm not as brutal and make sure that like, I really start training and trying to harness whatever this stuff is, is because I don't want to lose it. Like th this, this is literally something that I've dreamed of my entire life. Superpowers, being able to move things with my mind's like a mind, like a, I don't have two months with my mind, like a Jedi. Like, I mean, like, this is the thing, like, I can't imagine giving this up. And so if this is something that we only get in the veil and then like on the other side of this, I'm going to lose it. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. And so the, in my mind, the best thing that I can do is try yeah. to make sure that I just get so good at it here and like yeah. know how it works and, and, and be able mm -hmm. to like make it almost like reflexive that maybe, maybe it sticks on the other side of the veil. Oh my God, that would be so amazing. We can write about our experiences and, and do like a mini series or something. And then be, we can literally be the Avengers. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. Oh my God. That's I wonder so if the others would be down for it. a surprising bonding moment for Farisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, not that I know a lot about the Avengers at all. However, it's, it's I've okay. heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we could absolutely we would have to come up with another name because of copyrights and everything. But we can be thinking about what that would be. This is amazing. Do you trust that gnome? I mean, I I, I think that's probably irrelevant now because, like, I think we at least have enough information yeah. to like go back to Ivy. I just hope that this time we're not like just standing there and like, Hey, what's the list of questions. And then, you know, we're asking what the list of questions should be when two, two 13 or whatever the time is like comes by, like hopefully we can get up in the morning, find all the questions and then, or get up later tonight rather, and then find all the questions and then go there at, you know, 2 AM and, and have everything just bam, 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 ready to go. Cause I'm not messing with that bull again. Mm -hmm. Me neither. And speaking of questions, I think uh, Hope has just answered the question of her article. Where's the missing gnome? It's somewhere and he might know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think it's it's probably getting close. And um, I, I I at least want to go like, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, rinse off somewhere. Is, is there water that I can access? The rain. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I'm, I'm going to go just mm -hmm. right outside, still try to stay you know, like where I can still hear fire mm -hmm. maybe or whatever mm -hmm. and, yeah. and just try to 
scrub off all the nasty that just happened with, uh, you know, tr- trying to work out for the first time in many years. <laughs> you got it. Oh, yeah, true. You climb down this this little you know cutout stepping stone ladder here. Um, mm-hmm. Move over to that you know thin crack in the in the uh, the rock face and sort of stick your hands out just to sort of touch a little bit of this gentle rain that is starting to come down. And as you look out, you can see that the the oceans are beginning to calm after a number of hours now. The storm seems to have mostly passed. It is this gentle rain. Um, the mm-hmm. tide is now beginning to kind of come back out the dock you know beginning to settle although there's still a little bit of a wave to it um and you can see that while the cliff face is still quite slippery it is not being pummeled by waves any longer at this point you're taking a bath silas i mean yes okay i mean i I didn't i didn't even break a sweat (laughs) yeah yeah uh, yeah, that, that's a lot of hum- <laughs> humble brag right there. I'll look yeah. out for you. <laughs> I'll look out for you. I, I mean, I'll be right back. I'm just kind of, you know, <laughs> r- rinsing off a little bit. Okay. This isn't a far. significant bathing experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's an insignificant bathing experience. All right. Don't uh, go far. Fantastic. Uh, anything else you'd like to do before you pass on your... Yeah. I'm wore out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um you two go to Rouse Neb, who's going to take the you know middle section here on the. You gonna mm. be okay solo, Neb? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, you're gonna try to wake it's... up the gnome, aren't you? Not intentionally. No. <laughs> okay. But yeah, if he does happen to wake up, at least. <laughs> I'll have someone to talk to, right? But if not, that's okay. Okay. Uh, so yes, yeah, so Silas and Feruza, mm-hmm. after your workout, you're tired. You have, you know, you've had quite the ordeal. You've been damaged. You've been, you know, escaping. You're covered in bruises and cuts, and your mind still feels a little bit addled um, as you let yourselves fall into unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, Neb. And what would you like to do? Yeah. So as much as Neb would like to talk to the gnome, she wouldn't just wake him up. Gotcha. Um, but what she will do is go take a seat near enough to the fire that she can still read off of it, but far enough away that she's got like some some space. Yes. And she's going to pull out the animal book that she picked off off of the train. And for a while is just kind of thumbing through it looking at all of the stuff that's in there and kind of scratching at her shoulder. And then at some point when she thinks everybody has gone to sleep, she's going to put the book down. She's going to take a hard look under her, under her sweatshirt. Yes. At like this chunk of skin that's gotten pretty hard under her shoulder on her shoulder. And then she's going to think about turning into a rat. And because we got a, a short rest earlier, yes, she back into Nebrat, little Nebrat, and she'll take a second and just kind of stand there. Everything because, is very large now. Oh, I'm never going to get used to this. Little and Neb she'll POV. kind of paw at the the fur on that shoulder to see if anything has changed. Mm-hmm. And then after a couple of minutes, she'll think about 
releasing that form and going back to herself again. Mm -hmm. And then kind of takes another look. And it's a little bit bigger. Hmm. What, is it, what does it look like? Does it have texture, color, it, sensation? It's definitely like almost calloused skin that just keeps growing. And it's definitely rough. But the roughness as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger is forming a pattern, almost like, um, almost like a flower, flower mm. petal pattern expanding. And it has this blue tinge to it mm. that's darker right, right kind of in the middle and then slowly spreading. And Neb kind of thinks about that for a little bit and then waits for another hour or so, make sure nothing's happening. And then she's going to do it again and wild shape back into a rat and then back up and then look at it again. <laughs> and just kind of make a mental note. And that's unless the, the gnome wakes up on his own, that's all she's going to do is keep an eye on everything and her shoulder. Okay. Um, as you're sitting there sort of sort of scratching, you do hear a little stirring um, as Pivim sort of opens one eye. He says, hmm, I smell rat. Oh, well, you don't have to call me out like that. He says, rats, rats are uh, 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 incredible, fantastic beings. Oh, you should never, never feel ashamed. Oh, no, no, no. I met a whole bunch of them in the cave that we were at. Did you ever go to the mine while you were here? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, did you meet Nicholas? Yes, we did. It oh. kind of freaked everybody else out, but we were still learning about a lot of things. I went to their party and it was amazing. Oh, wasn't it? They've got the best grub. Um, and as he does, he looks at you, he winks and he snaps. And immediately there's a little white rat, a little red eye sitting there in front of you. Um, as he kind of, you know, comes forward and sniffs at you. And That's kind of a... then perches up on his little hind legs. And she'll scramble and grab the book that she's been looking at and say, so I've just been trying to remember what I can. I was never really into animals as a kid and now I really regret it, but I have this book and I've been trying to really pay attention to stuff and, and draw out what I want and she'll start <laughs> to anyone else, it probably looks weird, but she'll show the rat yeah, the book yeah. and just be flipping rat, through pages. Yeah, climbs up and starts to run through the pages and, you know, move, you know moving them uh, with his little, his little paws. Uh, every once in a while, he'll sort of nudge onto a picture of a different animal. Um, after a little while, he pops back into gnome form and he says, oh, this is an excellent very, very helpful. And he says, I've been this one. Oh, I've done that one. Oh, I've done that one. And as you go through the book, he's showing you a lot of different animals. He's, he's very um, uh, focused on, on mammals and sort of smaller, um, uh, more dexterous, live kind of creatures, um, he, you know, uh, sort of living in, in a very sort of natural, grounded space. That's amazing. We're, we're going to have to, when we have a, a, a few minutes and I'm not supposed to be watching out for dangers, I, I would love to compare and, and learn anything that you've learned because I, we've just been making all of this up as we go and kind of mm -hmm. figuring things out. And none of us really have the same power 
set, I guess, or we haven't found any crossovers. It's, I haven't been able to ask any of the others about this and I haven't been able to help them with anything. So it, oh, it'd be- Well, all of our powers are our own. Even if you and I share some similar abilities, that doesn't mean that you know your, you will make of your uh, abilities uh, the way that that I have made of my own. Um, each is unique unto themselves. He says, in fact, and he you know he pushes down along and he finds Bandicoot within your book, which is a very large rat. It's like a two foot long rat, um, but it is quite quite beautiful and and this beautiful sort of brown deserty coloring to it. And he says, ah, the majestic bandicoot. Uh, uh, we have long revered them. Uh, uh, someday you must try. It is a thrill. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll bookmark this as, as another one I can, I can try. Every once in a while I come across one and I just, I can't seem to picture it in my head, I guess, clear enough. Mostly birds. Birds have mm. been hard. I really want to do a bird, but birds have been hard. Mm, mm. Yes, it took me a long time before I could could find a do a a, a bird. Um, I don't I don't like flying. Flying is oh, it, it gets in my tummy, so I I don't do the flying. I can't wait to find out for myself if it's okay. <laughs> oh oh um, uh, Neb will start flipping, um, but look at him and say, "Do you do you happen to know how to turn into a fox?" He says, oh, yes, of course. Snaps. And there's a little fox. His fox is a little white fox, like a little snow fox. Um, do you mind if I take a close look? I know that that's probably a weird question, except, I mean, I'm happy to turn into something for you to take a look, but I can I take a look? He does. He turns around on the spot, poses a couple of different times, uh, gives a little scratches, wiggle, waggles his tail. Uh, he's very excited. I will clap like uh, he's walking a runway but then yeah without without touching like getting yeah. real close and just oh that's where the extra toe is okay and, oh, wow that's, that's a much longer tail than i thought i saw in the book okay oh yeah right. um yeah he's he'll show you know as he he'll dig in the ground to show you how the claws work he'll gnaw on a stick to show you how the teeth work uh, he's very excited to sort of share this information this expertise that he has and that's Basically, until it's time to wake everybody All else right. up, I'm just going to excitedly ask questions. <laughs> um, if he's woken up after I've already changed twice, Neb can't do it anymore because she needs yeah, a little yeah, more yeah. sleep. Yeah. Um, but she'll definitely go through the book and be like, and just ask questions. Yeah, at stuff. a certain point, he's also not changing any longer. He's he's spent on that as well. But he starts to, you know, you, you two are sort of sitting with these books next to each other, your legs spread out in front of you in the, the firelight, kind of going through the pages and talking about them. And any, any of the animals that he has himself experienced. Um, he shares with you the pros and cons <laughs> of which, you know, oh, well, yes, as a bird, you get this wonderful, you know, sense of the magnetism of the world. But yes, flying makes me airsick, you know, so he's giving you all these little, little tips and tricks, but uh, admits that it's all very personal. Um, but Neb has pulled out a, a pencil and is <laughs> hardcore marginalia Neb, making notes it. for every single, it. you know, oh, you know, be careful of magnetism, this <laughs> and this, like anything that he has to say, she is just writing right into the book. Fantastic. She's that kind of note taker. Yeah, give me an insight check. Why not? Uh, 
actually, I would love you to. Uh, it's a plus six. Okay. Um, you can see that he, he was a bit guarded before, even though he was excited and shared all of his, his stories and things that he knew. He, has, he seems lonely. He's been on his own here for a long time. And very little by little, as you begin to look through the book and show each other these special skills, he has had no one to share this with. And you get this strong sense of excitement and connection and, um, you know, that, that really he was maybe in a bit more desperate state than he was letting on. And as Neb feels that, she'll definitely start asking more gentle questions about like, oh, are, what what else have you been able to do? And like, let him show off mm -hmm. both to help him feel a little better and also to learn whatever he can do. Maybe she can learn how to do it too. As the, your, you know, as your shift here begins to wane down, he begins to look a little wistful. Um, and he asks you, he says, do you miss Erte? I, I miss not been here long. No, it's only been like 10 days. Um, I miss my family for sure. I miss my, my whole giant family, but I don't miss the place. Does that make sense? Mm. Yes. I miss the people there. It, it does. I miss my people. It has been so long. My sister was but a child, and now she will be almost a woman. Yeah. I wonder who she is. Well, as much as I do miss my family, not only has it only been more you know, practically a week or so, I'm not ready to go back. I would love to help you get back to your home. I do. I, I, I. I've been so focused on Erte and finding this magical place. I seem to have forgotten the magic of my, my home, of my people. Um, you, you have awakened in me a desire, a, a dream to, to find my way back if I can. I mean, Family is wonderful, right? And knowing that they're there to support you is the only reason that I feel like I can go on this adventure is, mm. I, is I know that they would want me to, right? They'd be supportive of me. And yeah, if you've been here for that long, I, I think they would like to see you and know what you've been up to. Well, now that you're here, I, I was afraid for them, afraid of what my world was becoming and what would what would happen to them. And I felt called to find my way to Erte to bring some of you, some of the children of this, this beautiful world back here to help us. But perhaps, perhaps my calling is different. Perhaps my calling is to help you, to prepare you, to do what I can so that you can help us. Perhaps I, mean, I misunderstood the stories. It is very easy to do that, you know. They're very vague. They're they very, are. yeah. They are, they are interpretive. Well. Subjective. I like the idea of helping you because like this whole adventure has been exciting, but I, 
I've wanted to know so much more, but we haven't really known what to do beyond just looking for these mirror shard pieces. But now I feel like there's like, I've got a, a bigger reason to do all of this, right? Like help you get home and then see what we can do to help. I, I don't yes, know how turning you, into a wolf can help, but I'll do what I can. If you could help contain Zola, uh, help contain her, help contain the others, uh, the other rulers, stop this this great change. Um, I, you you would be saving countless lives. I cannot begin to tell you how important this work will be. I don't know how. But you said that the four of them got along for a while, right? The story says that, that they were chosen, called upon to uphold the balance. Um, but as time went on, they became unsatisfied with their own worlds. They wanted more. Well, if they got along for a while, maybe that's something that we can help them is remembering what it's like to get along with your family. I mean, if they're the four people who were chosen to rule, it kind of sounds like a family to me. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can, I'll try my best. Well, I'll do what we can, but maybe that's, that's a start, right? Is reminding them that they, they don't have to fight, that maybe getting along with your family is better than fighting, especially if it's going to destroy the entire world universe. I don't know. You can see under his whiskers, his his mouth sort of breaks into a wide smile and he looks at you and he says, uh, you are a great example of the compassion of your kind. I had heard the stories, but I did not know such as you existed. Well, thank you. Uh, it's That's very kind of you. But what I'm starting to learn is sometimes that compassion gets in the way of staying safe, though. So... Yeah, so being able to do more for my friends would be nice. Ah, everything with a price, yes. Yeah. It gives a little yawn. Oh, I think you should wake your friends. I'm feeling a bit sleepy again. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Thank you. Up. I really <laughs> appreciate it. He curls up in the corner again immediately. <laughs> Deep, thunderous <laughs> snores. Um, and yes, up next will be Robin and Maeve. Yeah, I'll give them both kind of gentle shakes on the, <laughs> after the talk that she's had with Silas, she won't go poking at foot. She'll, <laughs> she'll, she'll go doing poking at a shoulder real gently until the both of them are up and then go curl up next to the fire herself. All right, Maeve and Robin, you've been, you've been awakened. It's now afternoon. Uh, the rain is pretty much ceased. Um, if you were to poke down and sort of look out of that crack, you'd see some sun shining, some late afternoon sun. Uh, Robin will definitely take a moment to like soak in the sun as she mm -hmm. wakes up and just, oh, it's so good to see the sun. I'm not going <sighs> to argue with you there. It's true. Who would have thought that less than a day would be far too long? <sighs> Oh, how are you doing? Uh, I mean, that's a, a lot they just told us. Save the universe. 
just a little bit of, just a little bit of pressure there. Just a little bit. You know, I was starting. Oh. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I felt in my old age, I was starting to slow down. And this has really rejuvenated me. And the thought that our adventure is just beginning, it just, I feel like I have purpose again. Well, I was going to ask you if you'd ever saved the world before. It seemed <laughs> like that might be something you might have done. Not on my Had list a job. yet. I am both a bit surprised <laughs> and, to be completely honest, a bit disappointed because it would be nice to reference that. <laughs> but... <sighs> So where are the subjects of fairy tales? That's a bit strange. It's kind of magical. Makes you feel a little bit like a celebrity. You've been one of those before. Well, I was once an actor where I played a dead body in a soap opera. So ah, right, right. I kind of know what it's like. Happen. Glad we have at least that. <laughs> you never know when playing a corpse will come in handy. <laughs> That's right. What do you think about all this? I, well, yes, it is a lot to take in for sure. I definitely think our last adventure was a wake up call to seriousness that we're in. I honestly thought we weren't going to make it out. There were a lot of hard decisions to make down there, and I've had a lot of hard decisions in my life, but just the thought of losing one of you, I know it's only been ah a week or so. But Nine days, I think. I've lost track. It just... It's one thing to lose yourself, and if that's how it goes, that's how it goes. But if I didn't do everything in my power to keep you guys safe, well, then I will have failed at life. I just realized it's Christmas Eve. Is it? How? <laughs> that's strange. Never spent a holiday quite like this. Me neither. With a small bearded fellow. <laughs> that part of Christmas is usually there, but a little taller, a bit broader. Do you think... I look over at Feruza and I say, I'm not quite sure how to say this. Do you think she's okay? I think she might be doing better than ever. She just doesn't know it yet. 
Because this keeps happening. What? This losing herself. I I believe Feruza was quite a strong and independent person in her her environment. You know, back in our world, she had, she knew herself and that was the strength that she kept. And now when everything in her life was turned upside down, it caused her to doubt herself and everything she knew. But I don't know, maybe that made her a little more susceptible to the magic of this world. She wasn't believing in herself over everything. And that caused her to have all these situations. But I think she's coming out stronger than ever on the other side of it. Well, that doesn't make you nervous. Nervous? About what? To rely on someone who who's prone to that. Well, it's one thing to know that while she is strong, she is not carrying all of us by herself. We are a team. Yes. Hmm. I mean, she's getting pretty strong. <laughs> I just think that, you know, we look out for each other. You know, as long as we have each other, then no one has to carry the full load. How are you so sure all the time? You just, you just, you just trust it all the time. And, and that's not how things work. I'll blame it on my old age and maybe all of my life experiences. Not, not all of them have gone to plan. And, you know, I had an aunt who raised me and she was so carefree. She taught me just to go with the flow and just, it was a life lesson I took to heart. And I know that I'm sure in myself all these years. And maybe I'm a bit throw caution to the wind these days because I am so old. You know, I don't have forever. And if I go out, I go out in a blazing glory of fire or whatever. But I, I don't know. That's just how I am. And, and, and you, I feel like you've taken on so much responsibility in this group. How are you holding up? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't believe that. Yeah. Um, Maeve, have you had a chance to fix your hair through all of this yet? Um, it's a bit messy. Does, uh, might Robin notice anything? Yes. Um, I think in this case, Robin might notice something. Um, Robin, you might catch a glimpse of two, um, it might, they almost look like clips in Maeve's hair, um, that have the same pattern that Steve had all over his body um, sort of sticking out towards the front of Maeve's head at the top. Just small, not not anything uh, 
substantial, but Maeve's hair is loose. Um, and yeah, if you look carefully, the pattern, uh, there's there are markings on them. And if you look closely, it is the pattern that was on Steve's body. Uh, Robin will take that in and think for a moment and without mentioning them particularly, you know, Maeve, hmm. how have you been handling the passing of Steve? Oh, you know, fine. Have you ever lost someone in your life? I mean, a bit. Yeah. I told you, my mom was uh, was in the military, so there certainly were people we knew growing up who uh, went away and didn't come back. Um, and also, we we travelled a lot, so there were a lot of people who I was close to who I knew for a time, and then that was it. Um, you know, you try and stay friends, but it's not the same. So yeah. And you just, you just move on. That's what happens. You just move on. You have to. You can't sit there and just stew in it. You have to move on. Well, it's one thing to move on and it's another to remember them in the good times. It's, it's a balance for sure. But, you know, hopefully you don't carve those memories out of your life just to preserve yourself. No, you, you wouldn't. Steve deserved better. Yes. Steve deserved better. Robin, as Maeve and you have this connecting moment, um, is there anything shifting about you that she might grasp? You, you know, you've mentioned or others have mentioned you know, you are, you're still slow, you're still, you know, in your 80s, but there is a vitality. Um, are there changes you're noticing or that Maeve would see if she was taking closely? Maeve would notice while Robin speaks of vitality mm -hmm. and uh, feeling better, it, her, she's not standing as tall or as straight. You know, you're starting to notice maybe a hunch in her in her posture. But other than that, you know, she's she looks about the same. Uh, wonderful. So your time is starting to kind of come to end. The others are rousing. Uh, Pivum is also sort of gotten up and he's going and collecting some sort of tinder and things to add to the fire here and there to keep it warm now that you're all rousing. Um, he, you know, he looks to you and goes, oh, you all needed that, didn't you? You look much better rested. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been a long couple of days. <laughs> mm. What time is it? I've totally lost track of what time it is. <laughs> it's definitely, you know, it's been 12 hours, so <laughs> it's evening time now. Um, there's still, you know, a little bit of light, but it's that beautiful kind of dusk, <clears throat> um, you know, misty time. Some of the stars have come back out as, you know, Pivum sort of, you know, guides you back out onto the beach. The tide has pulled itself out. There's a good long stretch of beach now there in front of you. Um, the, the cliff face is, is completely bare. The birds have returned. There's, uh, you know, some of this, the soft cooing as they settle in uh, for the evening. Um, but yeah, the, the sky is this lovely kind of bluish, grayish, mauve color. We need to get back to the train. Yes, like, are we going to try to talk to Ivy tonight? I think we, we probably have time. Is, especially Big P, do you know a way up this uh, he's without... talking to you oh yeah, yeah yeah uh uh piven pivum 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 with a v with a v with a v pivum there's so many accents here it's amazing um I'm saying the same thing. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yes, you kind sir. Um, do you know a way uh -huh. up? Do you know a way up without us um, disturbing these birds' nests? Because we we seem to have a problem with that the last uh, last time around. He looks. He goes. Oh yes, you're all enormous. You would have difficulty, wouldn't you? Um, he says, I just slide right by. I mean, he's teeny. <laughs> so, um, you know, as he goes, he goes over to the switchbacks and, you, you know, he's, he also can, he speaks a little bit with the birds as he walks up to them. And kind of makes little cooing noises. Um, they seem to just kind of fluff their feathers and move aside a little bit so that he can squeak by in the like four inches of space. Because uh, he's mm. tiny. So um, are, are they going to try, like, did you ask them to, you know, play nice with us? Uh, he sort of turns back to you and looks and turns back down to the birds and <laughs> all kinds of little cooing noises. Uh, is the that birds... what I sound like when I'm doing <laughs> that? Is that what happens with me? The birds seem to roll their eyes and kind of move to the side a little bit as if they're going to give you a little bit more space to pass. Um, it is still, we'll call it difficult terrain as you climb up because it is slippery from a lot of their leavings um, and feathers and things along the way. But if you follow Pivum, he will sort of take you uh, safely up the switchbacks, um, watching out for any of the slippery patches, um, pointing things out. You reach the top of this cliff again as you look down over the open ocean that you literally spent the last 24 to 36 hours beneath the surface of as a storm passed. Um, you can just see the remnants of that buoy with the uh, the diver's gondola over there where you left it, uh, but it too looks like water has gotten into that gondola and submerged it, uh, you know, sunk it essentially um, as it sticks to the, the buoy there. Good um, riddance. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, plan to come back. 
<laughs> Off in the distance. <laughs> I still want to go try to talk to whales, but maybe not. I mean, Off in the distance, you see the ridge of the backs of a number of whales and the spout of some water. They begin to circle around, tail flips, leaving their flukes um, as they appear to be eating and congregating uh, a good little ways offshore. But this is a, a, a beautiful space to spot them in the sort of purple, yellow, golden light of the setting sun. Um, behind you is the dead, cold train um, sitting where you left it. Are they eating the fighter plankton right now? <laughs> Can I tell what kind of whales they are from here? Or does it um, list? Are they? They're pretty far away. Uh, let's give, do a, uh, you can do a nature check. I'll give it a try. Give it a try. At, that's a natural one for four. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're whales. They appear to be some sort of whale. <laughs> Neb is too distracted thinking about what she wants to talk to the whales about to know exactly what they are. And so she's like, well, they're, they're, they're lovely. They're lovely. So what would you like to do? It is, it is, you know, uh, 2.13 is when you are aware that you can speak with Ivy. You can put the mirror shard in before then if you'd like, but it's up to you if you want to wait now or what you want to do. You want to get the train going. What's your, what are your thoughts and plans? We should get the questions first. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And we probably don't want to start working on the train until tomorrow because I, the last time we had to do this, it was dangerous enough and I don't want to do it in the dark. So maybe we wait True. till tomorrow morning and we just focus on mirrors and questions and Ivy. I mean, uh -huh. like without the train being going, it might be a really cold night. That's true. <sighs> For Rosa. Dilemmas. <laughs> I'm more than happy to help try to get the train started, but Feroza, you're the one that went through the most the last time. With the train, yeah. Um, you know, actually, I feel better than Heather for some reason. I don't know. I just feel, I feel really good. She's so, like twice as tall. So. <laughs> twice as tall? Uh, I, a little hyperbole. I mean, things are feeling a little different. And I, I didn't want to say this last night because I didn't want to scare you, Silas, but when we were having our little conversation and et cetera, you, you definitely had something going on. I don't know if it was a power or a feeling or something, energy coming well, I mean, off. This, this looks bigger, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I did, I did all that for a couple of hours last night. Like this is yeah, last night. You guys, we, we did actually get kind of, we got some calisthenics and some workouts. I'm feeling like I can do an Ironman tomorrow. That's exactly how I'm feeling right now. So if, uh, if you want me to start trying to get the train going so that we don't freeze to death, I'm open to that idea. But I do. I'm understand. open to the idea of not freezing to death. <laughs> <laughs> For what that's All worth. Right, so, Just putting that out there. So, so maybe we've got like one minute, I think we've established with Ivy. Maybe all of us can, is, uh, can submit a question to, uh, to a, an actual list that someone writes down. And then we can elect someone, not me, that doesn't ramble, <laughs> oh, no. that uh, that can literally read the questions off the sheet when the time comes. Does anybody want to volunteer for that? Not me. I'm happy to read the list. Yes. Okay. Uh, Neb, do you mind putting the list together? Because yeah, sure. then, then that can... way we can all do our train jobs. 
Okay. And Neb, as you're doing your job, I think you greased. Is that right? Yeah, I then, probably then maybe shouldn't. You can... I, I probably. Yeah, we're all gonna... greasers. Yeah, I probably shouldn't be writing you stuff have, down. You have some time. You know, we're looking at you know six to eight hours here before two a.m. So you know, you need about four hours to get the train going. So if you okay. if you want to figure out your questions, we can kind of you know we can kind of fast track you through warming up the train. Um, and yeah, so you let me know what, you know, as you all are working on the train, if you want to stop and have a meal break in the middle there, have some of your mm -hmm. protein yes. bars and your berries um, and discuss what questions you would like to ask. I also food. suggest we only really come up with like one or two questions because we only get a minute and there's a really good chance that one or two of those questions are going to inspire other questions so yeah I yeah i'm just, I'm just saying you all. <laughs> all of us can submit a question and then we can decide which couple that, that, that will pippum uh, looks to you and goes you are speaking with a ghost yes yeah. but what we figured out is that we only get a minute in where she can speak back and it's oh, at the my. same time mm -hmm. every morning and then a big giant bull comes out and is really angry so oh, <laughs> yeah How exciting it's, exciting is a word for it that I wouldn't use yet. Um, well, it's how the servant died. So yeah, yeah. The servant is the servant yeah. is gone. Like yeah, crunched. He was with us for a while. And I yeah. take out the little pebble I have. Uh, Pivam looks shocked. Um, as you look at his tiny little face, and you you know all of you are covered in grease or soot or from whatever job that you have had trying to get this train running, checking things. Um, and you are, you know, again, tired, sweaty from all of this. You can see this has just floored him as he looks to you and he says, oh, if the servant is gone, then this is a new story we are writing. Well, there you know are what? no longer any rules or or plots to follow. I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with making our, our own story. Um, before we get to um, 2.13, Maeve, do we want to put the shard in there beforehand? If she might right. be able to, yeah. Okay. So you go, go you're going to go to the room and place yeah, the shard. Yeah, let's all go together. Yes, okay. I feel like we, yeah. it could also be a chance, like Neb is going to sh explain as we go on in, oh, this is the interior, this is right, where we right, are, right, right, this right. is the room, this is the, and then like as Pivim, all of Steve's body is in there. Yeah, as Pivim approaches that room at the threshold, you see him again sort of stop um, and he sort of shakes his head. Um, he says, this, this place is heavy with magic. Yeah, you got that right, Doc Brown. Um, and and seriously, though, like this mirror is in here and we've got to put this shard in there. And we have been just completely going off of like really kind of random mm -hmm. threads, to be honest. But we think that we've got to get all these mirror shards. There are five of them. Once we get them in there, we think that that lets us escape what we now know as the veil. Does any of that seem to make sense to you? He shrugs his tiny little shoulders. Uh, he says, your guess is as good Writing as my guess. Writing a new guess. story. I gotcha. Uh, but this place is 
scares me, she says. Yeah, we was all shook. I think that's fair. This, we think a lot of really bad things happened in this room. Yeah. He gently steps across the threshold to join you in the room and immediately seems to have sort of a chill, you know, shiver up his spine as he steps as we into say, the room. We think that the unresolved death was the reason that there was a hole in the veil. Mm-hmm. We think it happened here. He sidles up next to Neb's shin, just staying <laughs> as, as close to some sort of warm body as he can, um, as he looks up at this mirror with just extreme concern on his face. Silas is going to straddle the threshold. I, okay. I don't think there's a door still, right? Nope, so, no door. Yeah. No, the door is so, gone. Uh, not all the way in the room, but, but also not out. All right. Maeve, you have the shard. I will take out the shard and keep it wrapped in cloth as I place it. All right. Uh, you know, exposing it enough to sort of place it in its slot, it immediately, like a magnet, kind of gets pulled in. You can still barely see the little hairline crack, but it almost seems to disappear. And the face of Ivy appears beyond the glass, silent. <sighs> but she looks at you with a little smile on her face. And that is where we will end this such a pleasure to have returned get a little lord yes. get a little uh <laughs> a little. background for all of you nom 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 such so good. good lord oh i want to eat it all um, yes and wonderful we will pick up next week uh, it was thank a you all christmas lordum christmas lordum um <laughs> And uh, and uh, thank you all. Remember that uh, life itself is the most wonderful fairy tale. Good night. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of Erte. To learn more about Demiplane, visit demiplane.com and embark on your own adventure today.